welcome to the deep dive. How are you, Mr. Smith? Good, Trent, buddy. How are you going there in, uh, well, semi-lockdown here in Victoria, isn't it? Depending well, where you live. Yeah, our, our suburbs haven't been locked down, but it, ironically, it was too um, busy this week for us to try and find a time to get together. So we're just we're going to record a quicker one over Zoom. Um, so we still get something out. But yeah, this is on, uh, so it's Tuesday the 30th at about 8.50. Uh, so there's 10 postcodes that have been shut down. It's all getting pretty crazy. Um, but luckily, we're kind of on the other side of town to where that's happening. So we haven't really been that affected by it at this stage, but let's hope it stops all these dirty uh, rats from from mingling. Yeah, and uh, it's good to hear the uh, supposed leader of this state um, say no more international flights landing in the state. That might help too. Yeah, we should have done that quite a while ago. Yeah, Yeah, anyway. Oh, well, it has to, has had a bit of an effect on the schedule looking ahead, but before we get to that, uh, like we always do, we will talk about the round that it was. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, yeah, exactly. Well, I think we'll make it um, a little bit of a hybrid episode, so we'll review the absolute top line stuff out of the games because we're going to need to talk a bit about where the season's at and where everything's at. Um, I guess... Let's. Well, do you want to go through the games first, just very quickly? Any kind of major takeaways? Um, so Sydney Bulldogs, um, Dogs won by twenty eight points. I mean, a common thread through this, and this is why I guess it's kind of tempting to see over and above stuff. But this was not a great round of football. Um, I feel like we spoke last week around. It feels like it's impacting things by at least. The skill level. I think mentally, so many players are so affected by what's going on now. It feels like it's dropped even more. Did you? We we watched Sunday night together, which was what, what, like what? What did you? How did you feel? Like, did, would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Overall, absolutely. I think the one detrimental part of this game that made it less of a spectacle was the Sydney's um, the Sydney side unable to kick goals. Uh, it, Otherwise, I, I watched all of this. I thought it was watchable in comparison to the vast majority of games that have been played this year. It just would have been better had Sydney um, put some scoreboard pressure on the Dogs. Um, but look, the Dogs have lifted somewhat and they looked good, but I don't know. It's hard. There's so many things you can point, point the finger at to improve the game. But well, I think... And to agree with your sentiments, I think there's just this mental fatigue from the players yeah. about the uncertainty of it all and their, their lifestyle and contracts and all that stuff and it's clearly showing in their, in their performance. Um, yeah, well, we'll get to all the news because the other thing too is only about an hour ago it's been confirmed that side... This is the thing, everything's moving so quickly. Like last round already feels like five years ago, but side bottom and um, done from the Collingwood Football Club have been found to have broken the AFL's COVID rules. So there's already, like, there's that news. You've got, obviously, the the game being cancelled, the fixture changing around, and now the... Well, that's it. And now the reality of all all the Victorian teams almost certainly now having to move into a hub uh, somewhere else, which we don't know where that is. So this is the thing we're kind of a bit blind. And there's talk that on Thursday they'll announce it, but we can't record on because then the game's already about to happen. So 
Yeah, look, I mean, yeah. go, going back to the Swans-Dogs game, I mean, Bontepelli was enormous. Like, it was definitely, I think, his best game I've seen for a little while. Um, they completely choked the Swans out of the corridor. I mean, the Swans' selection was very weird. Why they went in with three rucks, I don't I don't understand. It's like the reverse of what they've done that's worked recently. It was very strange going in that tall. Um, like, as a result, they was Well, they were so slow. Going out of the back line was so slow. Well, Naismith's got an injury, so... It didn't work on a double front. They didn't win, and they lost Naismith, and he, were, he could be a long, long time on the sidelines. Exactly, yeah. So it was just so strange. I mean, post-clearance, the Swans just couldn't spread. Like, it just was, a, it, particularly against the Dogs, it was such a strange selection. And there was all those all those arguments in the, in the box. Like, they kept, on the coverage, they kept cutting to the coach's box. There was so much arguing. Like, it was very, very strange. Um, Absolutely. Um, and we're starting to see a real emergence of uh, Tim English now on playing a lot more consistently. He's obviously yeah. put on a few G's. He's able to uh, hold his ground and, and have a physical presence on the field. And he's obviously elite um, uh, foot skills are making him pretty damaging Ruckman at the moment. Yeah, well, we've, we've been pretty positive on him. I think, um, yes, he got smashed by Grundy, but Grundy's so clearly a lot better. But I thought he kept trying. I actually wrote in my notes from this game, um, I saw him directing traffic a couple of times, just little mature signs that he's um, he's really improved. Oh, that was really impressive. But, yeah, look, they, they comprehensively won the game. Um, I actually wrote in my notes, did Bruce fall asleep in this game? As in Bruce McAvaney. It was really weird how, because, you know, he's calling from Adelaide. It was really strange. Yeah. There were long, long sections of the game where you didn't hear from him for ages. Like, yeah, I would, yeah, but he did fall asleep. It was just Brian Taylor for ages. It was like, is he, do they have to, they have to get somebody with him to, like, poke a stick on something and just wake him up? Um, no, maybe. The thing that's concerning with Sydney, and we've said that they're pretty close to the cliff a couple of times, it's so concerning. Imagine what that side looks like without Papley. Like, he's nearly leading the Coleman. He nearly went to Carlton in the off-season. It's, like, frightening how bad I reckon that whole scenario would look if there wasn't for Papley. Yeah, pretty scary. Pretty dire. <coughs> he, they basically don't score if he's not there. Yeah, quite literally. I mean, no Heaney. Like, they've got a side. They have to keep these guys. I know, obviously, Papley um, very nearly left. I mean, a lot of people think that if Carlton hadn't kind of bungled the negotiations at the back end, he they easily could have got him. So he met yeah. with um, uh, Bolton and Co. well earlier on. So anyway, but that Bont Heaney mark was was really good. Um, obviously, the Bont went back and that was fantastic. Um, but yeah, look, I'm not like a huge to take out of this game. There weren't a, like a heap of highlights, but compared to the round, it probably was was this for the round. And then Friday night, obviously, we had Giants and Pies. Um, and this was at least close. I didn't think it was a great game. It was a high defence, but, it, like, you could expect that. Um, Giants, in the end, a little bit, I thought, a little bit lucky to win. Pies came came late. Um, Giants outmarked them heavily earlier on, um, but they still lacked control, like, at times as well. They were very weird. They were very up and down. It was a strange game to watch. It kind of felt like it was... I know the Giants ended up winning it, but at so many moments, it just felt like it was theirs for the take. Um, very up and down from them. I'm still not convinced on, on the Giants. They're a very hard team to read. I, I think they're actually one of the hard. Uh, what, what did you think? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. There, there was a point where had it been 
the Giants of last year, they would have put the foot on the throat and probably won by six or seven goals. But yeah. they, I don't know whether it's because they've had chops and changes with their lineup right throughout the season. Um, obviously, down to two rotations on the bench. Who, who knows? The state of that ground was horrendous. Um, lots of injuries came out of this game, but yeah, not 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 convinced as yet. Really hard to put. I think them, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, and to a lesser extent, um, uh, uh, the Gold Coast, because Gold Coast was sort of playing really good football. But the previous years um, would suggest that they'll they'll turn that light off very soon. Um, are probably the hard team, hardest teams to put a, a read on yet. I think. There's a few that are very good, and by that I say two. Um, Port Adelaide and Collingwood, I think we know what we're going to get from them uh, each week. Yeah. And all the other teams um, are yet, have either yet to find their groove or are not going to find their groove uh, any time. Like, so, yeah, yeah I, I agree. GWS at some points look really schmick and could tear every team apart, and then yeah. at other times it's like, have they matured, really? Because um, they do look like to drop the ball a bit. It was amazing that Collingwood got as close to winning as they did and probably should have. Like, I mean, they, their forward line was completely ineffective the whole night. Majacek was full all night. And Cox completely lacks confidence. I know he kicked that goal at the end, but aside from that, he... It took him all game before he took that mark. Like, exactly, took him yeah. Four he quite literally did almost nothing points. So that, yeah, that Tom, was, Tom Phillips was the same. It was only that they... Him and Mychek sort of got a couple of fluky little kicks or goals that yeah. they um, sparked some life back into their team and got themselves a bit of confidence. If that doesn't happen, yeah. Yeah, so again, um, a little bit concerning that a lot of the winning of the football is left to their, their captain constantly. I mean, side bottom was uncharacteristically poor. Um, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, Pendle Pendle had to um, do a lot of the, the hard work to begin with. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have been close enough to threaten at all. Um, I, I agree. Um, I mean, the other thing too is they did it without. I mean, so how I thought was one of the best players on ground, and obviously that horrible injury. Um, he's still yeah. hoping he can get back by the end of the year. Um, Zach Williams injured as well. Like it, it was a really, yeah, really strange. Game as well. Probably the weirdest thing too is Cornelio. Is he unfit? Like, why are they playing him out of position as a defender? Like, it's got to be one of the most expensive like scenarios they were doing. They were basically barely using him. Like, it was very, very. That yeah, seems yeah, strange. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, and obviously Jeremy Cameron's not playing that well. No. Look, he fit Whitfield looked good until he got that, uh, or looked good for most of the game, I guess. Um, it, it was it was a strange game. Like, like most of the most of this round and most of the season so far, it's it, it's very hard to pick really big highlights or key key things that happen in a game that turned it or that allowed one team to keep dominance. Oh, look, I mean, again, it was a bit like Thursday. Night. It was watchable, but by no means was it a good game of football. It, it was very 2020 football in that, like, Tom Green, there's, like, people, like someone you've barely heard, like, you know, does it. Like, it was very, very odd. Um, I don't know. I, I, they still, I still worry about GWS's ruck situation. Like, there's, 
I think if we keep going into this, we're just going to keep repeating ourselves. I did like um, Toby Green. I thought Toby Green's game is really good. And Maynard versus Green, I thought was a, like a legitimately good was, matchup. I must admit, actually, and thinking about um, that matchup, uh, Maynard didn't do anything wrong. And he was serviceable. And, and yeah. If it was any other play, he probably blocks um, it down and keeps him goalless or, or to one only. But. Yeah, Green's is one of those players when he's when he's on, he's pretty hard to beat. And then in the Saturday game, so Port Adelaide smashed the West Coast. Like, let's not even really be honest. It's going to be uh, West Coast. West Coast is horrible. Port Adelaide look, look like the most polished club uh, club going around. Yeah, this so, and this is. In, sorry, you go. Sorry. No, that's all I was going to say. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this is pretty much what we points. Um, it was forty eight points in the end, eighty nine to forty one. Yeah, look, there's, there's no point going to West Coast, really. It's all the same stuff. They're a very sad team, very upset, seemingly still. Um, yeah, they, they defended really poorly. But obviously, it was Charlie Dixon's show um, as a result of the extremely poor defence. Uh, I wrote in my notes, West Coast still sad, quite literally. Um, I think Hinkley's coaching really well. Um, you know, it's annoying. In, the only annoying thing about it is that David Koch at the end of the year will say, oh, it's because of my pressure. Why, you know, why, that was why I did this whole <clears throat> thing of oh, it's the last year. You know, to, if you, you know, if you make don't make finals and blah blah blah. It's it's going to be one of those annoying Eddie Maguire type scenarios where, or no, Kenneth was the one that did it. Remember how he was like, oh, you know, we won the. Th-. He's, he said privately and publicly that the the three flags was because of the pressure he put on Clarko after 08. Like that. anyway, um, Marshall. Um, <laughs> Marshall, our man Marshall, I thought he's improved a lot for Port. Um, I, I really like their forward line, the the balance between Marshall and, and Dixon. Um, and finally, they're not uh, having to rely so heavily on... Yeah. Um, oh, I've had a brain freeze. Oh, Gray. Yeah, Robbie Gray to kick goals. He's only kicked one this year yeah. and they're on top of the ladder. So good signs because uh, if he starts kicking... Kicking bags, uh, they they become almost unstoppable. Yeah, well, it's like Geelong. Geelong now can have, you know, it's crazy. They can have the big fella Tom, you know, Hawkins, he can, and they still win by 20, 30 points when they're on. Obviously, they've had some downturns. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah. obviously, Port, Port are very impressive. One thing I did write down, I mean, the Eagles obviously struggling behind the ball were awful, but has it been a mistake keeping Hearn on for another year. Like, he looked so slow. Again, and then when, there were moments when he was on Rosie and it looked ridiculous. It looked like if I was playing AFL. Like, I could, he just couldn't keep up with any of the younger players. Every time he got caught out of position and, and or at times he seemed like that was his instructions, which seems crazy, that he's like 50 and he's like trying to run with these, with these guys. And like, he's been a great player. I'm not shitting on him at all. I think he's been fantastic. But... Did he go a year too long? Should he retired after the flag on top? Uh, like, no, no, yeah, I, I, I think it's hard on any backman if yeah. their midfield uh, being as bad as True. West Coast is at the moment, putting no pressure on the ball carrier. Um, it must be very taxing. Obviously, he is an older player and he's not known for his speed, regardless. No, that's true. But I, yeah, so I, I think it's a bit early, and and. Bit harsh, to, not that what you're, you're not you're not being harsh. I, I think it's harsh on suggesting that any backman 
that is on the wrong side of 30, whose midfield in particular lacks any pressure um, and they get exposed all the time, yeah. uh, it's not usually their fault. But, yeah, look, I think the bad move is playing someone like Shannon Hearn on a fast, agile player like Rosie, regardless. If he's not fast and agile, it's not. It's a bad matchup. Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's good enough to to warrant um, this year, and it's gonna be interesting at the end of the year, regardless, because it's such a weird concept of the game right at the moment. I, I think he retires anyway. But uh, if West Coast have a shock in the year and don't play finals, I think well, that'll be it. top mind to move on some older players there. I think I, I agree. I mean, I like, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's, yeah, but at the same time, there were moments that Monday looked, but at the same time, the whole team looked. Um, but probably not much more to take out of that. Port are, are clearly yeah. the best team in the league, I think, at the moment. Next game, St Kilda, Richmond. Richmond a little bit better, but still way off the mark. Awful behind the ball. St Kilda won by 26 points. Um, yeah, I, I, look, Richmond early on, too cute, um, not doing the one percenters. Um, Richmond not scoring from turnovers. I know I heard recently, I think Jake Nile from The Age made this point around Richmond score a lot in red time. So the way they grind teams out through the quarter and then the back end of the quarter, two or three goals. And I was yeah. thinking about it the other day. I was like, it's funny with the 16-minute quarters now, they don't really have that. And they're not able to kind of, it's almost like they're not able to shrink that game plan down to 16 minutes, and I saw or heard him say that. I think yeah, that's that's true because they're not that they haven't. Yeah. It's like they're still, but they, but at the same time, they're not grinding teams down either. They look, they don't look defensively concerning at all. No, that's that's exactly right. Uh, which is which is interesting. If that was, um, if it was a deliberate game plan of um, Hardwick's to get his team super physical, uh, super fit. So that they could outrun big teams in a quarter and rely on them getting fatigued. I mean, that's risky. Risky if that was the case. But surely, knowing that the quarters were shortened, they would have come up with a, a different game plan. To yeah, as you said, they're not. They don't look physical or defensive at all. Their defensive nothing. structures and setups look non-existent against the Saints. Not when they have all, all season, except for that. Uh, Second half against Collingwood, where they tightened up and put the screws on in the midfield more, but there was gaping holes in their defence and uh, allowed so many of the same forward movements to uh, pick off at easy kicks and take a mark within scoring um, distance, and hence hence the scoreline. Yeah, and you know, so the, the Richmond is so badly organised behind so many. Yeah. Um, but Richmond, I mean, big win, big win for the Saints. Um, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, they, they probably haven't taken a big scalp of a team for so convincingly for a while. Not, not, not nothing I can remember in the last three or four years. No, and Saints nine goals from turnovers. That's fantastic. Um, you know, and that's how at the moment football's being played. Richmond, you yeah. know, were awful. Uh, I think St Kilda really played Richmond's game against them, and it really worked. I think that's the way to play Richmond at the moment. They're obviously very lethargic. Very slow and look a bit sad, West Coast style as well. And you know, playing a play on fast game when they're defending so poorly, um, doing that, uh, doing that when they're at their peaks, probably not the right idea. But 
At the moment, definitely. Um, Dusty really had no impact. Rewalt really. And ironically, the irony here as well is with um, Butler. Again, an ex-Richmond player, gone to St Kilda, got a bit more money, and he looks fantastic. And that's going to be a real... For Richmond ongoing with um, some of their fringe players, because they've obviously put a lot of money into like five or six players, and then they've got you know some money into some of these other guys. If they can see Butler dominate, doing really well and on more money at another club and getting some success, that's going to start to become pretty concerning to catch these guys because they've already lost a few. But that's, yeah, yeah. Townsend, obviously, to Essendon. Uh, Ellis up to yeah. um, Ellis up to the Gold Coast. So, anyway, but look, St Kilda, well done. Um, yeah, the, as we said last week, you know, Brett Ratton should always have been coaching. He's clearly coaching very well. Um, I, yeah, I think they got a bit gun-shy against Collingwood, but they were a lot better this time. Um, this game was okay. I, I, I didn't love it, but yeah, it was okay. At least there was some scoring in it as well. And then this, I think this game is pretty bad. It was a comedy of errors at the end. Um, Essendon versus Carlton, 51-52 to 52 at the G. Uh, Carlton by a point, completely blind luck that they, they really won this. No one deserved to win this game. It was a shame it wasn't a draw because literally nobody... Um, yeah. I mean, the game that on the following day, same venue, perfect conditions... To have a scoreline of 51 to 52, and then on Sunday, and we'll talk about that game in a little bit, 44 to 47, is just yeah. abysmal. A terrible. Terrible, terrible. I don't care that it was a one point game in the end. It was, it was a bad a one game. in front of those two fives, better. Well, this is what's concerning, and, and who knows, this might not be what he says pub, uh, privately, but Gillan McLaughlin, you know, uh, obviously, and we'll get into this around. Clarko, you know, saying that the, if this is what the game's meant to be, it's cooked. And well, I can't remember the word he said. In, um, a great place and all that stuff. Um, but then, you know, Gillan McLaughlin was asked about that today when, you know, he was, or maybe yesterday when he was asked about, you know, the, obviously had to speak to the media around the new fixture and all that stuff. And he said, oh, well, you know, the games were close and blah, blah, blah. And close game does not equal good game. That's that's the thing. And you made, it's exactly no. your point. Um, the Melbourne-Geelong game is... is Absolutely, one of the that's that first half was unwatchable. It was so bad. That was that was appalling. How bad that was, and the second half wasn't much better. But um, Blues at the death, hilarious. Two wins in a row, Blues. You know, I know up and about. I mean, if only they were able to go to the game live. I've seen a few Carlton supporters wearing their, their uh, merchandise. From when I've seen them, still, a little bit, it's hilarious. Still got, yeah, still got Silvani on the back because that was the last time they put it on. Yeah, about number one. the number's still there. Um, <laughs> Casbolt, like, all of a sudden, our, our man Casbolt, I think he actually is a good player now. Like, it's this is... this is. Oh, I'll look at, oh, I'm not jumping on that bandwagon just yet. Why not? He's got plenty of the season yet to go to oh, show us all wrong. You know, he'll kick one out in the fall or something. But no, get the Naha, he'll, he will get the Nahas award. Yeah, well, he's in. I don't know if he's in the running with it at the moment because you need to be like. We always yeah, forget to award it. Let's try and. Let's try and remember to award it this year. Um, uh, Mark Murphy late was really good. That's the best like quarter I've seen him play for some time. He was really really good. Uh, obviously that fifty meter penalty, one of the major things to take out of this game before we move on. Um, Eddie Betts, um, that I think it was there was a fifty in it, so I get that. But then the umpire took him to the other side of Punt Road. Um, I don't know, yeah. that seemed uh, about 9,000 metres. It took him to Marvel to take the kick, so I think that might have been a bit a bit full on, but um, um, anyway. Um, Don's gave yeah, up. They, uh, sorry, go. Sorry. 
I was just going to say, it, it just shows, um, again, uh, the importance of sending Doherty to this team, though. Now that he's back, yeah. fit, um, he just adds so much. It, it straightens them up a lot from the back half, and he's so, so efficient um, with the with ball in hand. So I, I, I can't, underestimate, can't underestimate the, the importance um, and of his... Um, presence to the, the Carlton Footy Club and obviously was suing this last year. Blues plus 15 inside 50s and 15 clearance. So that... that not bad. Actually, old bloke. No. Um, Don's, uh, you know, obviously gave up a big lead. Yeah, it shouldn't have gotten to this, but it did. And then obviously Townsend at the end. That that looked like he'd kicked it. And I was with an Essendon um, fan at the time. You know, we were going off. Not that I hate it, but I don't know. It's nice to cheer the, the, the comeback because obviously... Kick after the siren, basically, and uh, not to be. It was very close. It was a perfect kick. It was just about five, five ten metres too short. Goal goes through. I'm just Sorry, concerned you go. once again with, with Essendon. Their the, the gun midfielders um, get plenty of the ball. And I know there's disposable inefficiency efficiencies across the board in AFL ranks at the moment. But, again, I... McGrath, Teal, Smith, Merritt, I think as well. And I Merritt was Merritt was pretty good. Um, the, the disposal efficiency 60, 50, 47, Like for elite midfielders, they need to do better. I know they're not the only ones in AFL, but when you've got a string of three or four of your key players through the midfield and off the half back line that. Uh, effectively disposing or making it very hard for the team to put themselves in a winning position. Yeah, I agree. And, and last year, it's not just this year. They were, they were pretty bad last year with their efficiency. Yeah, sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting you. Sometimes when you go, you're talking, I can't hear it for a second or so later. I'm not meaning no, to No, all good, all good. Yeah, that's the, the one thing that uh, unfortunately comes <laughs> with this medium well it's the it's the yeah, look it's the um, reality of ongoing now I mean to be honest this, yeah. this sounds a lot better than the than the rubbish that you see on with the coaches on 360s um, it's unwatchable some of it like the quality of some of these like in, in the hub everyone they've connected to in the hub in the Gold Coast is horrendous internet up there it must be so bad like every time there's cutouts they have to make the video quality awful to even get the audio it's embarrassing that's sad. Um, Gold Coast Frio, good game in the end. This is probably yeah, one of the man. better games. Um, and then if you told me at the start of the year, Gold Coast Frio, wow, football must be shit house. But they, but also probably was. It probably actually was the best game as far as the school levels were on par. So two teams that matched up pretty well. Um, it was a little bit lively, um, not overly defensive, and obviously um, there was. A handful of players from the draft all on show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously we won't keep backing over it again and again, but Raul, fantastic. Um, Five did his hamstring. I think I had that not happened. May have gone the other way, but seven clearances for Raul, you know, multiple goals. Um, all of a sudden, I, I, I like it and I'm, I, I want to embrace it. The Raul Brownlow campaign with it because I think that would be You're ab- with it? I think that would be absolutely hysterical if he was to win it. You've been down the tote and put a tenner on him? <laughs> I mean I don't think he can't get into the I don't think, I don't think they're open at all because there's no, no kids, obviously. Um 
I drive past it all the time. I don't think it's open. Um, no, so, yeah, I don't know. Look, it's this, obviously, like, Gold Coast, are, we're going to repeat everything from last week. Everything from last week happened again. They were very, very good. Um, I stupidly jumped off the Gold Coast. Should have stayed on it. I nearly did, but then in the end, I was like, free, I've been... It, it's amazing Fremantle have no wins for the year. Put that into perspective. No wins. They're the best 0-4 team I've I'm, ever seen. I'm not kidding. Like, I was thinking that yesterday. I was like, in my head, I was like, shit, they haven't won a game, have they? I actually had to go and look at the ladder. I was like, they, they are not. I know we every year we always say this. Oh, it was like remember Brisbane before Fagan got them up and going in that first year, and yeah, in the, it's funny in the the trailer that Ed put together. You know, you're like they're the best. You know, five and twenty team I've ever seen or something. That was hilarious. But yeah. um, that uh, well, it's too many games. You know what I mean? But. Um, Anyway, so Fremantle, I don't know. So it's a repeating all the same things as Freo too. Like they're right on that edge, but they just don't seem to be able to get it done. But it, it'll it'll come. Um, new coach as well. Well, that's it. I mean, Hogan looks thirty percent, forty percent better yeah. than the week before. So he, once he gets up and about, I mean, they're going to have a pretty um, good good attacking side. I really like. Um, uh, who was it? Young Hayden Young, the guy from that they picked it pretty early last year in the draft. He, he looked like he's ready to play football as well. Took a lot of intercept marks, I think four or five. It's pretty good for a nineteen-year-old. Pretty ruthless. Um, Walters is obviously superstar, as we say every week. He's um, going to be a very good player right throughout the year for them. And pretty important. Um, but look, uh, Brayshaw, these guys, same names that have come up over the last. Two seasons, they're playing very good football. They're just five or ten percent off where they need to be to start winning games against these better clubs. I think if they, they come up against a uh, West Coast, which they do, soon. I think they'd beat West Coast at the moment. I think they would probably beat um, Essendon and Carlton at the moment as well. At least right yeah. next to them. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're not far away from me. They, they look pretty stun lucky, I guess. Freo will win some games, but yeah, it's incredible. Um, and then the Sunday games, let's pretty much skip this one, but Brisbane, Adelaide. Pretty Adelaide. bad day overall. Hey, bad day overall, definitely. Bad um, day overall. This should have been, well, this this should have been 100 points. Um, so if you didn't see this game up to half time, it was 7-10 Brisbane to two goals. That's it, two goals flat. Um, but like it should, they should have been up by. It should have been like thirteen extras. But that's well, the that's only the only concern. Yeah. Look at the third quarter. Um, Adelaide were were allowed to kick four goals, three, and five solitary behinds from Brisbane. Yeah, no well, goals. Locking Neil so, kicked six points. Yeah, so not not ideal. And um, uh, yeah. But that's the only thing. And then 7-15 at three-quarter time to 6-3. And then 10-23 to 7-4. 23 behinds. Like, this should have been a massive blowout. It should have been, like, 10 it's points. It's been a blowout. It should have been. The only thing that's that's bad for Brisbane is they had a big chance to get massive percentage. And that it should have been... To be honest, you could mount an argument that it should have been, like, 18, 20 goals, not 10. Like, you could, there was a bunch of them that, that were just awful misses. They dominated the entire yeah. game, though. Adelaide are barely AFL level, if at all, and, and Brisbane are very. No, exactly. And I guess that's part of the problem with um, teams when they've not been pushed by the opposition. It's pretty easy to 
switch the brain off in front of goal because the the result's inevitable. Yeah. Anyway. Well, McLuggage kicked one goal five, and a bunch yeah. of those, a bunch of those, I I didn't sit through this from what bits of it that I saw, they were kickable. Um, yeah, which is that training job. Exactly, and then it gets then it gets worse um, in probably the worst game of the. Oh, I don't know if it was was it worse than Collingwood Richmond in that round two unwatchable Thursday night. I think yeah, worse. I think it just pe- pe- perhaps it yeah because perfect conditions at the MCG on a Sunday afternoon. No due. and they had two goals apiece at halftime. I don't know how to describe how bad everyone's having. The second half was a bit better, but. Not by a lot. Two three to two two at halftime. What a yeah, joke! You deserve to win. No, this should have been a draw too. They both. This one, it should uh, honestly like there should be some games where the AFL comes out and goes, "That's not going to do it." No, it's not. You, you might have. Yeah, you might have got the points on the scoreboard, but no actual premiership. Yeah. Um, yeah, if there was ever a, a, a reason for a shot clock in the AFL to like force them to have ball because it was so bad. Yeah, again, like similar to what um, Clarko said, Chris Scott as well said, obviously, it wasn't a great viewing and all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure these coaches can sit there saying, oh, the game's cooked, and then they're huge contributors for why it's cooked. It seems pretty rich to me. Yeah, oh, yeah. look, it is. I, I don't think that was Clarko's point. I, I think no. Clarko's point was, and it was taken out of context, because I get frustrated with this never being called so do you, and I know other people do that watch the game. You tackle, and you got no reward for your tackle. I don't see the point. Why, yeah. why even have the tackle in the game anymore if they're not going to uh, pay a water free kick? Um, yeah. Uh, it's, anyway, there's lots of lots of things that could be introduced or scrapped as at the current state of affairs to try and improve the game and get it moving, but. Um, Oh, I, at the moment, just I'm over changes happening every few weeks. Well, we could probably abandon. It's frustrating. Uh, <clears throat> I, I agree. <clears throat> I was just sorry. I was just going to say um, we could probably pivot into the next game because you and I watched Hawthorne uh, North together, and just following your point around things like rules, we find frustrating that are not um, uh, implemented and not not. Um, you know, police or whatever, the 15-metre rule. There was – I saw this. They talked about it on the couch. I haven't, I haven't had time to watch the episode. I think I, I had Foxtel on briefly and I was like, oh, they're talking about it there. About um, – we yeah, were screaming at the television. We were like, that yeah. is barely over 10 metres. Like that – like like I – what, what, so what? Let's use this then. What do you think? So we're talking about a couple of different things that are obviously awful. Not not placing tackles. You know, um, you're letting ridiculously short kicks um, get away with it and stuff like that. Do you agree yeah. with some of these these things that people are putting forward at the moment to completely change? We haven't really spoken about this yet. In terms of, we can just do it now, I guess. What do you think about like what what needs to happen? Because I think like organically the game's not going to fix itself. And we spoke about this last year that it, it there's not because. No. It can't anyway because the coach, the coaches spend a vast majority of their planning working on a structure and a game plan based on the rules of the game. Yeah. So it, they're going to do whatever they can within the law of the, the game to try and beat the other team. So it's not going to happen organically. So 
um, players aren't going to go against their instructions. That's not what they're trained and taught to do. I like the idea of um, some of the concepts that have come up, um, making the legal kicking distance to be awarded a mark to increase so that there's less short kicks. Um, I like the idea that if you kick backwards, it's play on. Yeah. It's not mark. You kick backwards, which is fine. I think, And I think teams and coaches will adapt to that very quickly. I don't think that will affect the way the game is played because inevitably people kick backwards so that person can automatically play on and, and, and open up to switch play and all that type of stuff. So I don't think that will um, change the game. And I think within reason, I don't know how you would police this, that because rucks, especially around the ground, don't run up to jump up at the ball, they wrestle each other. I think as long as they're not getting above the shoulders and headlocking each other, I think if they're holding each other in arm locks, that that's just part of being you know, a ruck duel. I, I think that <coughs> instead of playing a heap of these stoppage free kicks all the time. I think, yeah, I think everybody, I agree. I think everyone, in, or most people seem to agree that with you and I that those those these things need to happen. Do you think interchange needs to be brought down? Do you think like big, big things like that, like 16 aside, all that sort of stuff? I know we spoke about it a bit last year, but everyone's kind of panicking four yeah. rounds in. What do, you, what do you think? I'm not a fan of the 16 aside um, at all. Uh, I don't think that will change things because it's, plus it, it just makes the configuration of, the, the teams and the game that's been around for over 100 years, completely different. It fundamentally changes what type of game we were playing. Yeah. Um, uh, total uh, rotations or interchanges that are allowed to be made in a quarter and or overall in a game, I think, could be reduced. I'm happy with that. And I'm also happy with the reduced number of people players on the bench. Yeah, I think, yeah, I... I think it fundament yeah sixteen aside I think fundamentally changes the game too much I agree <clears throat> um, yeah no I, I I think they I think from next year they need to start doing it because I think being too scared to make some of these changes they've been like this for so long I think they need to really start to do something about it um, but in terms of that last game any any kind of major takeaways I mean obviously Hawthorne got to a big start big lead it felt like they were going to blow them away we were both kind of starting to fall asleep. And then all of a sudden, North just just out of nowhere kicked back defensively. Hawthorne went to bed, and then it got exciting, but in a comedy of errors, like not great football kind of way, because it wasn't a great competition. It was more that like, oh, North gonna catch up and Hawthorne gonna let this fall apart. It was more how does how does an unassailable lead of thirty one points with eight minutes to go all of a sudden become almost losing the game. Yeah, it was it was very it was frustrating because um, I don't like seeing teams that are that dominant uh, let slip of the grip they've got on the game, regardless of who the team is. It's just frustrating to watch. And conversely, it's frustrating to see a team be asleep for so long and then all of a sudden go, oh, game of football is on the line. So where was this game style and plan right from the get-go. Um, I like that North Melbourne can open teams up, I think. So I, I think they're going to be a real threat uh, throughout the year. And on the flip side, Hawthorne, obviously, going back to very unsociable football, very uh, high tackling, just 
uh, like smothering teams. They did it against uh, the Tigs and now North. Um, but uh, I guess when they get someone like Impy back, I think they'll be more, more inclined to um, spread because they'll have an extra runner that's got a lot of pain. Um, yeah, two different teams, two different ta- uh, tactics that, yeah, both I think will be thereabouts come the end of the season, but what a horrible game. It wasn't great. No, it was pretty bad. Um, yeah, I think this was, I, I, I agree with Clark. If this this is not the best. I think Joe Whaley said before, this is not the best our sport can be. I think ultimately, regardless of one's opinion, Surely you have to agree because everyone's got everyone thinks no interchange is the right just no 16s the right thing everyone's got their own camps but like you have to agree this is clearly not the best that we can be so I anyway they, they're going to have to do something about it but um so that that's the games but I guess now with all the all the news I mean we we don't so the, I've just seen Collingwood's put up a statement but I'm sure nothing yet the AFL. It's about to do, but I mean, you'd assume they'll miss at least one match, but we don't, we don't know the, the results, but that aside, cause you can't really comment on it in terms of the, the season, in terms of what's going to happen. What, what are your thoughts, mate? Like obviously now we've already had games move. Victorian players can't get into Queensland and it's all going pretty bonkers. Like what, what do you think's going to happen? Yeah. Well, just quick, quickly on that, that Collingwood thing. My, my understanding is, well, first of all, neither of them will be able to train until they test um, negative. Yeah. Uh, so then you would think, yeah, just speculating that follow suit that we've seen so far that both of them will be reprimanded for one game. And I think that will be club sanctioned, but obviously encouraged by the AFL. But, yeah, to the bigger thing, oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Um, the uh, $50 million question. Uh, look, if like, all things being equal and nothing gets tighter um, with what's going on in the great state of Victoria. We will see multiple hubs in New South. Yeah. And New South is the one state that seems to be a little bit more open to other states coming in. Um, Obviously, Victorians can come in. They're just being asked not to. But with football, you might put four or five clubs up there. And then once... New South and Queen, you know, once New South, oh, sorry, SA um, allows New South teams to come in because the Victorian teams that are there will have quarantined for 14 days. You would think then there'd be better movement between those states and the teams that are already there. But very coming very challenging um, for the AFL to structure and schedule moving programs because it's changing every day now. I think to quote um, Kennedy Senior, don't think do. I think ultimately at this point, um, if they don't get the players into a hub from Victoria quickly, there goes the season pretty much. Like, I think we need to hurry up. I think we almost needed to have done Now, in retrospect, maybe we needed to have done it earlier, <clears throat> just in case. But obviously the cost of a hub is quite expensive. Um, but at the same time, I... I Melbourne still have done it. Exactly. If there's, <clears throat> if there's no season, it costs even more money. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I, yeah, think, I think I think it was, was it, it might have been Nathan Buckley or one of the Scots uh, as 
that the guy asked about and they said, oh, look, they might have even been guilty. Look, Auckland, it's better than not having an income oh. and not playing football at all. Absolutely. So, and look, all respect and totally understand if some players aren't willing to do it for family or any personal reason, doesn't matter. That's totally fine. And each club and AFL has to respect that. Um, it's just the nature of what we're going through at the moment. So uh, let's get on with it. I think tomorrow all the decisions will be made and I think certain clubs will um, put their hand up to, to jump out of Victoria yeah. this gonna, week. I'll have and, to, yeah. Uh, well, after this week, obviously, with the games and then make it happen because only needs another big outburst in the next 48 hours and New South Wales will be very um, pushed or put under pressure not to allow anyone across the border. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, they're going to have to because now SA has also said that that July date that they'd said a while ago that they would open it up to Victoria, they've now said no. So, um, yeah, we're the uh, Victoria at the moment. It's not good. They need to do something about it because it's, uh, it's Tassie bad. Tassie doesn't, Tassie doesn't even want us there. Who? Tassie. Who? You cut out there, sorry. Tazzy. Cuzzy? Tazzy. Tasmania. Oh, Tazzy. I thought you said Cuzzy. I was like, that's what I was like, Ben Cousins. Why doesn't he want us there? He'd probably love it. Um, that's probably the cure to COVID. You just take meds. Um, no, ta- <laughs> Too much? No, oh, we- don't listen to what he said. No, don't. Um, uh, Tazzy. Uh, yeah. Tazzy, I would have been perfect for, obviously, the state yeah. of Tazzy. Yeah. Um, but obviously, uh, you got two Victorian clubs there that play four home games down there, so they could just have those four games there as part of the hub. Yeah, um, done. That doesn't affect the um, contracts uh, and um, the scheduling as much. But obviously, can't do that. And I guess the territory still is not letting anyone in either. So. Yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, exactly. Well, we spoke, I don't know, maybe we spoke off the podcast about this, but I swear that there was a conversation we had around um, everybody going to Tassie. That probably was the best idea. But at the time, it looked like their cases were getting less and less, but obviously it's not good now. And now we'll find out this week what's going to happen. But obviously Tuesday night, we can't tell you much more. Um, I imagine next week's going to be a pretty big episode. I imagine there's going to be quite a fair bit to discuss at that point. Um, we'll probably be back, I imagine, with Ed next week. He couldn't, that's the reason you're not getting a video this week. If you just listen to the audio, I should have mentioned this off the top. He um, uh, just, it was flat chat, and then with the World Cup announced, he had just like mountains of work. So we couldn't do the normal episode, uh, the video style episode. Um, but yeah, we, we obviously will throughout the season. But we did say at the start of the year there was going to be like weeks of all. Um, yeah, so that's the review episode and then a bit of a broader discussion. Um, we will record as well the preview, which will drop tomorrow, uh, your yep. tomorrow. Um, the Absolutely. That's big thanks Wednesday. to our sponsors at, at Hops to Home. Old mate Hops to Home. Oh, yeah, craft beer delivery service. So jump on board and use the promo code Dive um, right. to receive $25 off your first pack. Craft beer from around the country delivered fresh to your door, don't have to leave, don't have to go anywhere. So if you're in one of those lockdown um, suburbs, get on it, um, beer delivered to your door, and cans, get on the cans. Delicious. <laughs> See you later. See you guys.